episode four of In the Bonus, and it's actually my favorite week, honestly, of the year, I think. It's feast week, it's Thanksgiving week, and I've got Lisa Carlin, Kim Adams, and Ice Young joining myself, Megan Caffrey, for another episode of In the Bonus. And we've got to talk, before we get into like all of the fun with feast week, let's talk about how Big East women's basketball has been performing so far this season. Let's start today with talking a little bit of UConn. UConn has won their last two games. Paige Beckers has really carried the team. However, no AZ FUD. Kim, watching these last couple of UConn games, and especially with Paige, what's really stood out to you with how Paige has just kind of come back with some vengeance? Um, Yeah, well, first of all, a big bummer on AZ not not being in there. I think that was a shock to all of us who were tuned into the Maryland game. All of a sudden I was like, did they just say AZ's not dressing today? So we hope that she's okay. Um, But a positive, you're right. Paige has looked like she never suffered a season ending injury, Mm -hmm. especially in that Maryland game, looking at her stat line, 24 points. She was very efficient in that game, 10 of 15 from the floor, five rebounds and six steals as well. Um, But what stood out the most to me was that she had no hesitation. She was very physical. We saw that edge come back. I think she got like poked in the eye pretty bad, exited the game for like a fair amount of time, a couple minutes. I was like, oh, I hope she's coming back in. And then when she came in, it was like she took it to new levels. Um, just thinking back of some highlights, she had at least one or two really tough end ones. And that was the that was kind of the sign to me, like, okay, she's back. She's she's feeling the physicality of the game. She's not worried about getting re-injured. Um, so I just, I thought that was kind of a real, she had obviously played very well in the NC State loss, um, but the the Maryland game being back at home, the crowd was into it. That kind of signaled to me that she is in a great headspace and it was a phenomenal performance in that Maryland game specifically. I was at Gamble and when I tell you when she went down, the arena kind of went silent for a second. And I think everyone was having a moment of, dear God, please don't let this be anything, right? But then in true page form, she's on the bench. And I just see her saying to Gino, essentially, like, I'm ready to go back in. I'm ready to go back in. So there was definitely a moment where everyone just got a little nervous because inside it, we could kind of tell something. Like, it looked like she got hit in the face or poked in the eye, but you you just didn't exactly know. Um, and then I- it was just she comes back on and, and everyone went wild. I think one of the craziest things with student athletes and and injuries at any level of the sport is when a player goes out with such a big injury like an ACL, they don't know. Fans, media, they don't know how that player is going to return. That's a really big question mark. Are they going to be able to achieve the level of success that they had prior to their injury. And the first handful of games for UConn, it was looking like Paige looked good, but it takes a couple weeks and and many minutes on the court to actually see that. And Kim, I echo that against Maryland. We saw the same Paige that we knew from a few years ago and being incredibly dynamic on the court and being able to play both sides of the ball really well. She had that explosive step again, which physically there's so many elements to your game that you can lose or even just be diminished and knocked down a little bit, she frankly looks a little stronger and a little quicker and a little better. The doc maybe gave her a little tune-up while he was in there because she looks better than than before even. And, and I, I firmly believe that as an injured player, 
watching from the sideline as devastating and as hard as it is, you learn and you gain a perspective of the game and you understand what your coach is saying because you have that sideline bench perspective. And I think she used that to her advantage to come back and be able to seamlessly just step right back into the player that she was and that UConn needs. Ice, what are your early UConn thoughts? Honestly, I'm all about the freshman KK Arnold. Listen, we know how good Paige is. I'm happy that she's back and healthy. As someone who has went through two ACL surgeries, I have so much respect for the fact that she can get on the court and play fearless because it's often that mental roadblock that takes some time to work through. But our biggest freshman of the week in KK Arnold is hoping. So we talk about the Huskies and that they were shorthanded and that AZ was out. But the fact that Arnold able to have 12 points, five of six shooting guys, and also five assists and five steals. Like what? Ooh. To fill up the stat sheet and to play and to, and to be confident and then to come back against Minnesota on Sunday, six points and three rebounds. She's averaging right now, nine points, three assists, five steals, 2.5 rebounds. She's shooting 63% from the field. Wow. How are you a freshman and doing this? Against good teams. I mean, these are these is number 20, Maryland. A Minnesota team that is always tough to play against. So I'm here for the freshman. Mm, well, and their head coach, Gino Ariema, he's also there for the freshman. Post-game, <laughs> it was really special to hear. He was, praise, he was giving a lot of really high praises for his freshman, which coming from Gino, if you're going to get praises as a freshman, <laughs> that's <laughs> well, I'm thinking back to media day. Remember, he was yes. raving about KK Arnold, especially yeah. on the defensive end. I didn't get to see that Minnesota game because I had another game that night. But I, um, I think the steals number you said, and then I saw a crazy highlight. Like I think she hit a buzzer beater at one of the quarter breaks. Um, so I have to go back and uh, check out some of the highlights. But Gino was was hyping her up to us, and it. And really, a bunch of the UConn freshmen. Caden Samuels was the biggest mm. freshman of the week last week. Um, kudos to them because to come in and at, at UConn, you don't usually yeah. even expect to have a significant role as a freshman. So they're getting their opportunities, and they are they're uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> Tired brain. They're executing. They're coming through. They're, can I, yeah, they're can I also? Can I also just say that Caden Samuels reminds me of the younger version of Dee Dee Richards? Have we seen her space yeah. pass? Have you seen her? She's yep. beautiful hair. She's long and tall like Dee Dee. Like if she gets into modeling next, that's going to be her little like sister. <laughs> I feel like I can see it. I can see the correlation. But I saw her on the court and I'm like, oh my goodness. That is who she looks like. You know, sometimes when you see like when you know how tall players are going to be, but you don't actually like fully take it in until you see oh, them in yeah. person. That's how it was with me on Thursday night when I saw her. I was like, oh, yep, she's every bit of that. Yep, she <laughs> Yeah, that happened to me in Iowa last night. Some of the, like, you see players on tape, and then you see them in person, and you're like, oh, she's a legit six foot. Like, she looks 5'9 on, on TV. Yeah. Well, you know who is blowing everybody away right now? Marquette because they are the last unbeaten team right now in the Big East. I, I know you're a little hot on Marquette. Give me your thoughts. She's been on Marquette. She, she told us on media day. Watch out. She's, trying she's to tell y'all. Trying to tell y'all. Um, <laughs> no, what, what I'll say is, um, is I really appreciate and respect the way that Coach Duffy runs her teams. Like the system is always on point. She always has high IQ players. 
So when you have to talk about new players coming into new roles and performing, you trust it because she's built such a good system. And so I think what we're seeing from just Rosen Kumu that's stepping up, Liza Carlin, that's now being that seasoned post player. Obviously, we know how good Jordan King can be. But then Mackenzie Hare, like to come in, to be the sharpshooter, to be so consistent with his team, she fills that need to be able to continue to stretch the floor for them to have optimal spacing in their offense to score against people. Like that is what they need in order to be successful. And I'm just impressed, but not surprised because this is how Coach McIndoffie builds her teams to fit the system that has worked for years and years. What's standing out to me about Marquette is we've all covered them for, you know, since Megan Duffy has been at the helm and they've, to me, they've always been a defensive-minded, rebounding-minded team, but they are putting up mind-blowing offensive numbers so far in the season. I, I actually went back and compared because I was curious. Last season, they averaged 65 a game. This season, they're averaging just under 86 a game. No. So, obviously, the competition is going to get harder. Will that number probably dip down a little bit? Yes. But right now, they are averaging 20 more points a game than they did last season. They've put up 90 in each of the last two games. And it's it's just been efficient. The, as a team, they're shooting 53% from the floor, 44% from three. You mentioned Mackenzie here. She's made 15 threes in their first four games. And they're shooting 80% from the free throw line. So we know that they are like trained to be a defensive team, a rebounding team. And now they're adding like the triple threat of, okay, we're playing at a really high pace. We're knocking down more threes than we have in the past. Um, and I think so far that's been a big difference in the success they've seen. Kim, and that does stem from their defense still, because if you talk to mm -hmm. Coach Duffy, she says how important defense is. And if you look at Marquette's points off turnovers this year and, and forced turnovers and how they've been able to do that, they're nearly doubling their opponents. So not only are they being a, a triple threat and able to score in a variety of ways, but when they do have good, solid defense, they can convert that into points. And that's going to be the difference maker for them in the long run. It's it's a very long season. We are still in early days, and I love that we're giving Marquette their flowers for being undefeated still because, obviously, my heart is with those Golden Eagles. <laughs> but it's a long season, and to sustain that through throughout the entirety of the year come March, it's it's going to be in those key moments of turnover and transition for this Marquette team where they can slow down opposition and then use that to their advantage going the other way. Lisa's just staying like quiet the whole time when she has her little moment to blip in of being like, oh yeah, there I go, Marquette proud. She takes it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that. you that haven't little... worn Marquette gear. I saw you got a nice uh, soccer jersey. That was Whoa. pretty. I did. It was beautiful. A light baby blue. Um, yeah. Shout out to the women's soccer team for sending that one over. Mm. All right. Next episode, throw it on. Okay. We got to, <laughs> I, I will. You got to wear that. <laughs> Let's turn and highlight real quick the Creighton Blue Jays because Lauren Jensen, um, she surpassed the 1000 career point mark this weekend. That now makes it three players who have scored a thousand points in their career on the roster right now. We've talked in length, I feel like, whenever we do talk about Creighton, about, you know, just how versatile their offense is and, and really how everyone kind of gets theirs. How is that, you know, looking at it, 3,000 career point players on the roster right now, excuse me, like, how is that a testament to exactly like the type of offense that they run? 
I have a I have a note. I think it's a testament to their offense, Meg, to answer your question, because they're a team that shares the wealth, right? There's no player on that roster that's taller than six one. There's no player on that roster that's athletically dominant than anyone that they're gonna play. So they understand that they've got to do the little things and they've got to work together and have chemistry and create for each other in order for their team to be successful. Um, what I love about their offense, and honestly, it's teams that you hate to play that are like Creighton, in which they score on off-ball action. They're not beating you on a ball screen on the ball. They're setting the back door. They're setting the flare. They're getting the back cut, and they're beating you off the ball. And so I think offensively, that's one of the reasons in which this team has had three 1,000-point scores. But I'm going to give you the other reason behind the scenes. It is really because Coach Flan gets players to stay at his program. Like, he has players that are bought in, that are loyal. His staff, all the assistant coaches but one, is a Creighton alum. Who best to sell your program and recruit for your program than those who have had success in your program? So I think in doing their research and seeing why they get players to lock in, it's because there's a loyalty factor there. And who wouldn't want to be loyal amongst other 1,000-point scores? Kim, can I ask you a question oh, about ahead, this? Because ahead. you played at an incredibly oh, high nice. level. You as well, Isis. But when you have such diverse and versatile players like Creighton has, that it's balanced scoring, they spread the ball, any of them are shooters, how do you possibly slow that down? Yeah, well, I, I think it goes back to the style of play that Ice was just talking about. It's such a unique offense um it's a rare offense and that's why big east teams are used to it at this point they see it a couple times a year every year but that's why i think creighton is a dangerous team when it comes to march last year they didn't have the year they wanted to but the elite eight two years ago like you take an sec team or something they're not they're not used to having to defend all that flurry and motion um so i think that's what makes them a really tough offense to defend but um the three players are are tremendous morgan molly emma Ronsick, lauren jensen i know they just had a, a tough loss to green bay unfortunately dropped them out of the rankings uh but they bounced back with a road big 10 win at nebraska yesterday big time rivalry i think this team is is going to be just fine a force to be reckoned with at the top of the big east uh on the national stage come later in the season. Those three have played together a while. They have, have Molly Mogensen at the points. Mm -hmm. So like we've seen with a bunch, we've seen so many early season losses in these preseason top 25 teams. Um, I saw it with Iowa last night. I was at their game. They had lost shockingly to Kansas State. They came out like a brand new team last night. Um, so sometimes an early season loss like that is is a wake up call. It can be it can be something positive. Um, so I'm not concerned with Creighton whatsoever. After dropping that loss to Green Bay, it was a tough shooting night. I think they were six of 26 from three. They don't have too many nights like that. So mm. I'm still high on the Jays, even though I did have to drop them out of my rankings. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, I would say though. I would say, though, this is a time of year that if you want to lose, this is when you want to lose, right? You don't want to lose in conference play to teams that you know. You'd rather lose to a team that's from across the country that you haven't played in 20 years, and they have a different style and a different approach to things. And so I think talking about national storylines, like Iowa walked away from that game feeling like we need better post defense. Their post defense was horrendous in that game against Kansas. We have things we have to work on. Creighton, understanding like, hey, they've got to be able to defend and make sure that they can defend really good perimeter guards. 
So I think now is when you want to lose so you can be exposed. So when you get to conference play, you've covered your weaknesses, you've filled the gaps, and you're a strong team. Villanova's Lucy Olson. We interviewed her today for the podcast. So let's hear our conversation with Lucy. Guess who is joining us this week on In the Bonus? The Big East Player of the Week, Villanova's Lucy Olson. She scored 40 points in that win. Woo! A career high at that. Hey, Lucy, how we doing? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) Of course. I mean, 40 points notching your career high. First and foremost, Take us into, at what point during the game did you really think, like, all right, I've got the hot hand? <laughs> My parents asked me the same thing. Um, <laughs> I'm not really sure. Like, I feel like because I was, like, missing and then I just got my rebounds, it seemed like easy layups. But I was missing, so I never felt like I, like, had the hot hand. But when I hit my second three, I was like, all right, the ball feels pretty good. I'm going to start just shooting any shot I get. And then they kept going in, so I'm like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm having a night, I guess. Uh, Lucy, since Meg warned you that I'm going to hit, like I'm throwing the hard balls, I'm going to just stay true to it. Every Everyone in the world thought that Villanova would look completely different and not as competitive once Maddie graduated. But you are out here dropping 40 balls, averaging 28 points per game, and winning games with your team. And stepping up, what is the mentality that you have right now to make sure people know that the Wildcats are still a team you should be worried about? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, personally, I just hate losing. So I want to do whatever I can to get us the win. And whether that means scoring a ton of points or just assisting, getting other people shots, like, I'm just going to try to do whatever to win. Um Maddie Segrist is amazing, and I don't think I'll be averaging, like, 30 points like she did. Like, she's incredible, but um, I think I'm in a different role than she is, but we're still trying to win. We still have a ton of great players, and we didn't know how it was going to look. We still don't know how it's going to look. All these games are still – we're still learning, but, yeah, I just hate to lose, so whatever I can get that get our team to win. Lucy, season's still young, though. Yes, the season is young, and don't sell yourself short because you're an entirely different different player than Maddie Segrist is. But uh, watching you grow throughout your Villanova career from year to year and season to season and and under Coach Dillon, and honestly, this year without Maddie on the field or on the court, you've had to take a bit of a bigger role. How have you felt that your game is elevated from last year into this year? Yeah, I mean, it is a completely different like game, I feel like, without Maddie. Um, I think just we were here in the summer working out and just learning what I need to do. Um, Maddie's gone, so the, the main leader's gone. I've been trying to use my voice a little more working on my game. Yeah, I've just been trying to do whatever to, like I said, win. I, re- I really hate losing. I'm very competitive, so. <laughs> we need an, okay, where does this competitive nature come from? I don't know. I have two sisters, so maybe I just always wanted to be the best. Um, <laughs> I think I'm Are you always. the oldest or middle or youngest? I'm the middle. Ah, okay. I have a younger sister, five years younger, so she's pretty young. And then I have this older sister, two years older. Okay. 
Nice. Listen, middle child, I get it. I get it. There's just, some, there's just something when you're the middle child, you're like, I need to win always because there you have the oldest and then the youngest is the baby. So we need to claim our fame somehow, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it's really all about the oldest, but yeah. No, it's <laughs> all about the baby. Okay. This is always out. about the youngest this and the out. baby. Lisa, you're the baby? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I for sure. And I give off baby like youngest <laughs> child energy too. It's great. <laughs> oh, Lucy and I are going to stick together in this interview. We're going to stick together. Hey Lucy. <laughs> I'm interested though. Um, since you did bring up leadership, you're stepping into a little bit more of a leadership role this year. You're using your voice a little, you said, how do you describe yourself as a leader? Yeah, I think just growing up, I've always been one to just lead by example try to work my hardest and then hopefully people come along like with the journey. Um, but my coaches have been helping me out saying we need a more vocal leader as well. So I'm still working on it, but trying to be a little more vocal, not just being the point guard, but outside of that, helping people where to go, just encouraging all the, all the fun stuff that comes with it. Lucy, what do you feel like you have learned about your team through your first stretch of games? Three and one, you've experienced a little bit of adversity, but you guys have been able to bounce back. But what have you learned about your team this year? Yeah, I think we started off really strong, which is awesome. Three and one, I mean, all of us had no idea what it would look like coming into the season. Just with a whole new team, um, I think a lot of people needed to get their confidence back. Like, remember that we can still play. Like, Maddie's gone. Obviously, it's a big thing missing, but we can still play. Uh, I'm really proud of how we all stepped up. Each player has grown significantly over the past year, and I think we're still working on other people getting involved more, like stepping up more, because I know the potential my teammates have, and it's just, we're not there yet, but I'm really excited to keep going. I want to ask you about the freshman in Maddie Weber and how she's stepped into this team and this roster yeah, so Maddie Weber, she's been great coming into the season. Like, just when she came in, I knew she was going to be competitive. She has this hardworking attitude. I love that because, you know, hard work beats talent always. So she's always in the gym shooting, and she just has the great basketball mind and motor. She's been awesome so far. Confidence still growing, but she looks really comfortable out there, like, First three games in, I'm like, you are way ahead of what I was. So I'm so happy. She's an awesome teammate to play with, too. Lucy, because we're talking about freshman teammate, let's think back to when you were a freshman. Mm -hmm. Think of fresh Lucy coming in, Villanova basketball, and to think of now fast forward into your junior year. You're leading the team. You're one of the leaders on the team. You're scoring a career high, 40 points, coming off the success last year. Did freshman Lucy foresee all this coming? Uh, it was always a goal to be here, but I mm -hmm. didn't know when, how, but I just kept trusting my work ethic, knew hopefully the time will come. Um, no, but freshman year was a totally different style of play, player. Uh, I feel like I've definitely improved through the offseason and the confidence grew. It all came together this year, which hopefully it keeps going. Yes.
We will be watching along the way to support you. It's already been an awesome four games. I feel like you've accomplished already so much in four games. Like 84 <laughs> points. What? Jeez. Real quick, because I said fun questions always. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is this week. Do you, Are you a Thanksgiving fan? I like Thanksgiving. It's not like my favorite, but I, I like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> You're more of like a Christmas girl. Yeah, I'd say more Christmas. Okay. Okay. But if we have to kind of rank the sides with your Thanksgiving mm -hmm. side dishes, yeah. give me the rankings. Give me your least favorite to favorite. Least favorite to favorite. Yeah. Okay. yeah. We'll wait in anticipation. Um, ooh. I'm not a big stuffing fan. Hmm. I'm, it's growing on me, but. Hot take. I like box <laughs> stuffing take. over homemade stuffing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It. I don't know. I don't even know if I've tried the difference. I just stay away from it. <laughs> okay. Next. Uh, I feel like I should try it this year, though, because I've become a lot less picky. I mean, so it's we'll just maybe bread, Lucy. It's, it's just bread. It's really good. You should try it. <laughs> I'll try it this year, and then I'll let you guys know. Perfect. Um, what else? I don't I, everything else I like really like like green beans, corn, mashed potatoes. They're all up there. Mm. What other what other sides am I missing? Mm, yeah, sweet potatoes. Oh, I don't like sweet potatoes. Oh, killer! Oh, I don't like cranberry sauce either. <laughs> How about desserts? Let's go straight to desserts. You like pie? I love apple pie. There we go. Winner. I love Winner. apple pie. Like chocolate ice cream. Mm. Ooh. Chocolate ice cream? Yeah. She's thrown in game changers. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> I've never heard that. I have never heard apple pie and chocolate ice cream. Oh Am I the gosh, only one? So Is this a normal no, thing? I, uh, where I come from, we do vanilla. Yeah, it's usually vanilla. Okay, okay, okay. But listen, okay, I don't like vanilla ice cream, so that's probably why I've had chocolate my whole life. I'm not I'm not questioning anything Lucy says tonight because she scored 40 points, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, whatever she uh, could have been 50 if she was doing vanilla. Maybe. <laughs> if it's okay with you ladies, we can get into our last segment, our in the bonus rapid fire. Rapid okay, fire. Lucy. Welcome, Lucy. Yeah. Oh, You're boy. rapid. <laughs> Beyond okay. Lucy one <laughs> i did i promise i did soft questions but the last one the last one you have to agree to be competitive you know i'm not competitive at all so I'm, i know i know i just had to make sure that you were just i just had to make sure we were on the same page okay right, so, so. <laughs> this segment of rapid fire in the bonus you are going to finish the phrase here we go okay. my favorite animal is a lion I love when my teammates work hard. <laughs> my fa my favorite pregame meal is Oh, that's tough. Uh, anything my mom cooks. <laughs> oh, I love that. Except that's cute. That's stuffing. cute. Except something. <laughs> Except something, yeah. Your mom knows better. <laughs> oh my gosh. She give me that. <laughs> okay. If I could meet any WNBA player, I would meet Ooh, Sabrina Inescu. Ooh. Last one. I'm so happy when my team beats. Ooh. UConn. <laughs> Here we go. Love it. Love it. 
We love it, Lucy. Well, Lucy, thanks for it's it's late on a Monday night, so we're gonna let you. Are you waiting before I let you go though? Because it's we are recording this on Monday night. Are you Swifty? Are you like concerned about seeing Taylor? Like, are you gonna head off of this and go watch the game to see her, or no Swifty? Uh, you know, I'm not a Swifty, but I like her. Fair, fair. And I'm like an Eagles fan, but like I'm not like a diehard Eagles fan. So yes. I'm like, go birds. Like, yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl, but, <laughs> but I love we're not that. watching every game. But if the bird dies, we're not sad. We're like, I'm our like, day is oh, fine. And when the bird dies, the bird doesn't die. The bird lives forever. Okay. <laughs> it was a trick question. Lucy failed. So now I know where she really stands. I told you I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. I'm actually outnumbered. This is why I need Kim on the podcast. The two Giants fans against all these Eagles fans in here tonight. Mm -hmm. hmm. Oh, okay. Well, Lucy fly Eagles fly, I guess tonight, you know, <laughs> Congratulations yet again on 40 points. Career high for you. Big East Player of the Week. So incredibly well-deserved. Thank you so much for joining us on In the Bonus. Thanks for having me. Had so much fun. Always a fun time with Lucy. She, You are guaranteed a laugh whenever you're stalking, whenever you're talking with her. But... Let's bring it back to feast week because I love the I love this week. We have basket. We have so much hoops all week long. We have teams who are playing tonight, Monday night, and all throughout the week. Um, one team we're looking forward to playing St. John's. They're in Puerto Rico, and Unique Drake Kim I know has been a spark early on for these Johnnies. Yeah, Unique Drake is just bursting on the scene. We knew she was the sixth woman of the year last year for St. John's. They graduated a ton. She's now in the starting role. I'm, I'm trying to do a quick check. I believe she's leading the Big East in scoring, but she's averaging 23 points per game. She's coming off of a 30-point game against Manhattan where she knocked down seven of nine from deep. She's shooting 57% from deep on the season. She's averaging four made threes per game. And I looked back at her career stats. Not once in her career has she ever averaged double digits. Last year, she averaged eight and a half points per game. Right now, she is tripling that almost 23 wow. points per game. So St. John's two and two, you know, they lost a lot. Um, but a, a good bounce back win against Manhattan, but we do have to shout out unique Drake. And I think they're a team that will kind of come along with her as the season gets going. One of the teams that's acclimating in new players and interested to see how they do th down there in Puerto Rico Ooh, with the, the nice little accent. And just, uh, she's second right now in the uh, league. But guess who she's behind? Lucy Olsen. When do you see oh, of course. The 40-point game has to catapult her. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's a fair second place. Ice, who are you looking forward to this week? Yeah, got to start with a big one. But um, UCLA and UConn in the Cayman Islands Classic, that is happening Friday the 24th, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, definitely going to be a good game. UCLA, just so many weapons offensively, so tough defensively. Coach Corey Close, one of the best in the country. Um, just going to be an all-out dogfight. Really excited to see that one. They also have Kansas that weekend as well, so they'll have them on Saturday. 
Um, and then the Blue Jays, um, we talked about them playing better competition, getting tested a little bit. So that's coming up for them. They're in the Cancun challenge. I have that calling that. No, I'm not going to Cancun. I'm remote oh, be right oh, here in this chair. Nope. I know. They didn't want to send me. I don't Sometimes know why. Convenience wins. Yeah. Gosh. Cause they knew I'd make a real vacation out of it. But, yeah. um, <laughs> well on Thursday. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Maybe I'll just go and pop up then. Um, on Thursday, though, the Blue Jays take on Georgia Tech. Uh, that game is at 3 o'clock on Thanksgiving. Uh, it's going to be really good competition for them, ACC battle. And then Friday, it doesn't get any easier, Michigan State. So they have a good two games back-to-back. -back. I think we're going to see how, how they can get tested, how battle-tested they are, and, you know, some of uh, their strengths right now in the season. Yeah. Lisa? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to Cayman Island Classic. Of course, UConn and UCLA, as you mentioned, Ice. But this is a, a, a Pac-12 conference right now that is just rolling. And the oh. Bruins are 0-7 and seven against UConn. And this is an opportunity for UConn to keep that train rolling. I'm really excited for that one. Um, there's a lot of good players in, in both of those sides that I want to watch. But there was an early tournament uh, for the Feast early this week, Meg. Battle for Atlantis, uh, the DePaul Blue Demons, they played in that one. They dropped their first two games against South Dakota and Middle Tennessee. And then they play Howard. They're actually about to close out that game tonight. They will get a win over Howard. Um, there's just a couple minutes left in the fourth right now. And they're just rolling over them. So a good bounce back win for them in a really, really tough tournament against good composition competition that can test the Blue Demons uh, before they get into Big East play. And they'll continue to be tested throughout. Seton Hall. Uh, it's 9.05 as we're recording this. So the Pirates just tipped off their game. They're in the Bahamas, Lucky Ducks. Ooh. They're playing number 10, USC. And we are on win watch for head coach Tony Bazella because the next win for him will be career win number, guys, get this, 500. Okay, he had his 499th win against Rutgers. So we are on uh, win watch with, I mean, Whoa. I don't know if I've done anything. 500 times. <laughs> no. I do have one more tournament shout out for you. Yes. I know Lisa's going to be locked in. We talked to Marquette. They're off to the 4 and 0 start. They had a good really solid win over Illinois. Other three games have been mid-majors, so I'm I'm excited to see them embrace some better competition now. So they're going to be in Fort Myers Friday, Saturday. Um, they'll play BC and then they'll play the winner of or if they win, they're going to win. Um, yeah, whoever wins <laughs> will face the winner of Wisconsin and Arkansas. So an opportunity to, uh, step up and play two power. We're going to say power six cause we're big yeah. East power six teams. And I know that they are probably really excited for the opportunity to, uh, to face some of these bigger conference teams cause they have been absolutely rolling. So Fort Myers Friday, Saturday, I'm locked in on that one too. I just can't wait till the year that all of us get to go to these tournaments as well. And get to enjoy some sunshine, maybe, you know, a nice little pina colada, something along those lines. Before we wrap up our special feast week episode, because I did it to Lucy, but I'm going to change the question a little bit to everybody else here. I'm obsessed with Thanksgiving. I don't care. Like I love Thanksgiving. It's, <laughs> it takes the cake. What is everyone's, we're not going to go through the rankings like I made Lucy, but your favorite 
side dish, okay? So your absolute favorite, like even if it's a weird, your family only does it type of a thing, I need to know everybody's favorite side dish that like I'm going to come to Thanksgiving and if I don't have this, I'm not allowed to come back next year. <laughs> oh, let, I'll start. Deviled eggs. If you come to the young household oh. for Thanksgiving, we will serve you deviled eggs and they will be banging. Mm. Yes. I've never tried that on Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah. You're on Thanksgiving. Yes, guys. Well, yes. I'll make um, them for y'all. Please. For me, I'm excited. I was actually away at a game last year for Thanksgiving. I was not home on Thanksgiving. So I am going to be home this year. I'm excited. The last couple years I was home, I started taking over. I guess it's called the sweet potato casserole. Mm. And it's like the sugared up sweet potatoes load up the brown sugar load up the marshmallows um so that's what i'm making that is one of my favorite sides and i'm gonna throw in mac and cheese as well Ooh. Hey. Um, nice. i like i really like all of the sides and lucy truly offended me because stuffing is my number one with smothered in gravy <laughs> And it's so delicious. I like it from a box. I like it homemade. And I think, honestly, I like it so much because I don't ever make it or eat it not around <laughs> So it's so special yeah. to the actual holiday, which makes it that much better because, honestly, it's just soggy bread. So I understand where she's coming from. But it was my favorite. Lisa, but thank you for also, like, I love a good stovetop stuffing. <laughs> yeah, wait, what's yours, Meg? Did we get to yours? First and foremost, we have our producer, Donnie, in the chat. Yeah, I see these chats chiming in. What do we got? All of the sides, because I think, Donnie, your favorite, like, you don't have a favorite side. You love every side, because every single answer, he's like, that's it. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) We need to do an ITB Thanksgiving meal, like, later in the, the, I don't know, December, January, whenever. We can run it back. Well, mine's, like boring because it's going to be sweet potato like we don't do the sweet potato like the fun stuff with the brown sugar Ooh, you're missing out you're missing out i'll share my recipe with you because we just do mashed sweet potatoes Ooh, and they're yeah. delicious because you get this like the salt with them it's just so the sweet and the salty it's no delicious. this is like a dessert at, at the main yeah. course this is like yeah. a dessert mm-hmm. yeah but we do a really nice dessert spread we have like pies crumbles all the things Ooh. we actually do a fun night before on Wednesday night. I've never gone out on like the famous Thanksgiving Eve because we make pies the night before. We do like we Thanksgiving Eve is the worst yeah. night ever to go out. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, everyone says it's overrated. So I'm like, oh, I know the worst. It. You're not missing anything. <laughs> You're having fun making pies, and I bet they're delicious. They're so delicious. They're they are spectacular. Ladies. Well, now I'm very hungry. I, I can't know. Wait for Thanksgiving. The countdown is on. I can't wait to to be back with everybody next week. I hope you three and all of our listeners have a safe, a happy, a healthy Thanksgiving. Fill up on those sides. Get your turkey in there as well. Enjoy the day. Plenty of hoops to be watching along with your family. And uh, we can't wait to see everybody again next week. Oh, we don't have a roll call this week? Yeah, I'll wait on a roll call. I'll wait on a roll call. You got distracted ah! by the sides. We got to I get so distracted by the sides. Oh my goodness. Okay. For wait, every guys. for everyone you're going to list, I'm going to list a, a pie flavor. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do that. Oh god. All right guys, I'm getting my my closing script. We'll edit this part out. We'll edit this part out. <laughs>
I was so I was so amped for it to come. And Shame. Like, I'm like, let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, are you ready to it? Because that's a wrap on today's episode. So be sure to sus- to subscribe to In the Bonus by the Big East Conference on your preferred podcast listening platform, such as iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn, Radio Public, Pandora, Overcast, Odyssey, Samsung Podcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Simplecast, and Apple Podcast, as well as the Big East Conference YouTube page. And make sure to like, share, and review. You can also visit, visit BigEast.com for more conference news and information. We'll see you next week for another episode of In the Bonus.